This is the Prestigious Initiative. Welcome. I'm Chris Bean, and here with me is Chris Kent. Hello, Mr. Kent. Hello, sir. Today we have the privilege of diving into a transformative conversation with an exceptional guest. She's a certified empowerment and wellness coach, BSN a registered nurse, a co-founder of a healing and spirituality nonprofit, and a fitness enthusiast. Please welcome me in joining Coach Louisa Valentin to our show. Welcome. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for having me. It is truly a pleasure and an honor to be here with you. Louisa, it's it's an honor to have you here as well. Uh, can you start by sharing a bit about your your background and what perhaps inspired you to become a empowerment and wellness coach? Sure. I've been a registered nurse, as you mentioned, for almost 20 years now. I've been in nursing even prior to that. And so I guess you can imagine that helping others and putting everyone else's needs ahead of my own has always been something that's come pretty easy to me. But at some point, it stopped becoming easy and it started to weigh heavily on me where I became frustrated in life and I wasn't putting my health where it needed to be. And then one day it was kind of like, okay, do you keep on putting yourself on the back burner or do you eventually take care of yourself the same way you preach to everyone else in your life. And so really, I started as my own first client. It started with me deciding to take care of myself, prioritize my needs, prioritize my health. And then there were so many people who were like, why are you doing this? Why are you going to the gym? Why are you changing the way you eat? And they went from that to what are you eating? What have you been doing in the gym? Can I go with you? And it just seemed like the need just kept growing and growing. I started getting messages from not just my friends and family, but other people, casual acquaintances where, excuse me, where it became, okay, maybe I do need to do this. Maybe it is time to put my best foot forward to help people who needed the same help that maybe I needed in my own life. And so really that happened from a a calling of, you know, transforming yourself. And then the other people kind of just flocked to you because they saw the change that you made in your own life and they wanted to be kind of a part of that as well. Yes, precisely. Okay. You know, many women struggle with balancing their careers, their personal lives, and self-care. How do you guide your clients in prioritizing themselves while still maintaining their responsibilities? The more that we actually take care of ourselves, the more we end up having to give to all of the people in our lives and our responsibilities. Because when we're working from that place of overwhelm and frustration, All you're doing is giving the bare minimum to each and every outlet of your life. But once you start putting up those boundaries, taking care of yourself and just having more energy and vitality, you have the energy to give to those other outlets. You have the space to say, okay, 
This time is for me. I can focus on that. And then you're not just giving the bare minimum to yourself. Therefore, when you are giving to others, you have more to give because it's kind of like your cup is full. So here you go. Now I can pour into you more easily versus in the past where it was just, oh, I'm so tired. I can't keep up. And you're not really getting everything done anyway. It's all an illusion at that point. So yeah, once you just start taking that time to to prioritize the little things, you get to do more of the bigger things. And when you're working with your clients, trying to find that balance and, and those priorities, what are some what are some steps that you would go through to to help them, you know, establish those? Because I'm sure it's a daunting task. You know, you have so many other things and responsibilities that you, you know, and then wait, I have to put the put that on pause and do myself first, which totally makes sense. But you know, that can be a a tough obstacle I can imagine for for that for your clients to to overcome. Yeah. We we start with an assessment first. We go there, we figure out your why and not the superficial why because the superficial why it's the excuses are going to get in the way. We really dig deep and find out what why do you have that's bigger than your excuses. And then we work on mindset. And once we can shift the mind from, I find value in what I do for everyone and everything in my life, to I find value in myself, to who I am as a person and where I can grow, that's when the shift starts to happen. That's when they realize and and things start to kind of click. Like, oh, wait, I... I can take this time for myself. I can set up healthy boundaries. It doesn't have to be, I give all or nothing. And that's something that we do. We start by working on boundaries. And I don't like the all or nothing mentality for anything. So I don't say, okay, you used to say yes to everything and put everything on your plate and now just say no. We work on that. We work on, okay, where can we start? And then how does this boundary feel? And just like a muscle in the gym, you wouldn't go into the gym from never working out to now, oh, I'm going to try to go lift a hundred pound weights and bench that. So the same thing with the boundaries, you put up that boundary, you see how you feel with it. And usually it feels good to see, oh, I was able to have that boundary respected and get something done and the world did not fall apart. And then you can build on that for a larger boundary. And that's really where it it starts, creating those boundaries after you're able to shift your mindset to know, okay, this this is not who I am. I am not what I do. I am who I am through my values and through my wants and desires and who I am as a person. 
as you're as you're talking about that, and you've said too, you know, you're taking those small incremental steps and changing small things at a time, and and setting small boundaries, feeling it out. Just out of curiosity, is you know, I'm sure it's different for every person, but what is the typical time frame that you end up working with someone and and taking that slowly, if you would? Like I said, I know each person's will be different, but just on average, how how long do you usually work with someone to start getting them in that mindset shift? So I usually have three months at a time with each of my clients. It doesn't usually take the entire three months. And like you said, everyone is different. So depending on where they are, because I always meet my client where they are. I don't say, okay, I've done this. This is the right way to do it. So you need to follow these steps and you'll have this enlightenment just at the snap of a finger. So I have some that within a couple of weeks, they're really shifting. Some people, it takes a little bit longer. Sure. Yeah. And do these people typically, like you said, uh, you're making these changes in your life and people are asking about it. Do your, your clients usually come to you uh, or do you, you know, seek them out or how does that process go? Because then I imagine, you know, someone seeking you might be a little farther along, so to speak, in the process of wanting to make that change as opposed to the opposite. I've been very lucky and I know we probably may touch on this later, but with my spiritual background, a lot of things come to me. I don't really look for the clients. Most of my clients have been word of mouth, somebody that I worked with. I even had a fellow coach who introduced her own sister to me and said, no, I think you need to work with Louisa. I think you guys would be a great fit. So that's usually how I get my clients. Yeah, that's, that's awesome to hear. Yeah. And and it sounds like in your first initial meeting with with your client that you come up with a a set of values, and I would have to imagine just by going through that process and finding the, the you know that individual's values that that will be hugely beneficial for them in 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 a number of different variety of ways because having having values is something you know people say yeah I have I have values but they don't actually know what they look like. They're, they're not defined or not clearly defined. And then you talked about having the why that backs those up. And so having a value and then placing a why within that value can really align yourself onto, you know, whatever the goal is. And I, I, I can only imagine that, you know, that step is, it's monumental in putting them in the right space so that their values and their, their, their whys and their goals all line up and then they can try to be and, and actually be that person that they want to be. Yes, definitely. And just to give uh, a simple example, somebody may say, oh, I'm coming in because I want to lose weight. I don't feel good in my clothes. And while that's true, most people that are feeling this way haven't felt good in their clothes for a very long time. And that hadn't been good enough to get them to make the steps to better their health. So then we dig deep and I have one client where it was like, okay, I don't feel good in my clothes. Nothing looks good. I just want to lose weight. Okay. Okay. Then we dig a little deeper. Her mother passed of a heart attack. She doesn't want to go down that road. She has a three-year-old child who's watching her, 
who's looking at what mommy is doing, not just what mommy is saying. So then we get to the real issue, which is her family values, thinking about her mom, thinking about her daughter, wanting to be that good example. And yes, feel good and look good in her clothes. But it's about the health. And that's something, especially with my RN background, I always work to focus on the health and the physical will usually follow. But the health, that mental health, that physical health, and that spiritual health, and just getting everything in alignment is when you are going to see those changes and really figure out your values more than just that superficial, I want to look good in a bikini. It's it's beach season. And of course, you we're talking about creating real lifestyle changes in that can be a, a, an immense journey. Uh, could you perhaps share some some insights and or some key factors that contribute to sustaining those transformations uh, for for your clients? Yes, of course. So one, I like teaching people different tools that they can take with them, different exercises, not just physical exercises, but mental exercises, and also that same. Thing with implementing small changes within the boundaries, same thing. When you are working on your health, we're not doing an overhaul. We're not changing everything at once. We want to habit stack. We want to build on what we start with, get comfortable there, and be able to elevate. You never just want to stay stagnant. There's no growth in comfort. So once we can start moving forward and just to give um, a more tangible example, getting your clothes ready in the morning. If your goal is to go to the gym before or after work, we're not going to make an excuse saying, oh, I, I don't have my clothes ready. I don't I, I can't I guess I can't go to the gym today. And and that's one small step. It is the simplest thing to just prepare the night before. Or finding a workout that you actually enjoy. I like running. A lot of people do not like running. <laughs> so if you hate running, I am not going to say go run three miles. Like, no, it's it's just not for you. If you like Zumba, if you like weight training, if you like jumping rope, go for it. Taking walks. And also, I, even myself, still to this day, most of my workouts, I'll go to the gym 20 minutes before work. It gets my endorphins up. And... I make sure that I'm active throughout my day. I don't just say, okay, I'm in the gym. I did my activity. That's it. I can be sedentary for the rest of the day. It's like, no, we we take that momentum and we bring it with us throughout. So I like doing small things and putting that in place, putting that in action. And then, like I said, just build on it. Not no zero from a no zero to a hundred ever 
with me because that is just not sustainable for most people. Because if it was, we would all be doing it. Mm. Yeah, I think, it, you know, if there was that what, that one thing we could do and then just make it snap and click like that, everyone, like you said, everyone would be doing it. But it sounds like you're more, more concerned with making the small changes and building up the lifestyle so that it actually becomes something you're consistently doing and, and starting in one spot and continuing to build on top of that is the way that you make that lasting change. Yes, exactly. And, and just finding things that you love and never depending on motivation because Lord, I, I know you guys have had some other guests who have felt very similar, but yeah, motivation is, I like to say motivation is trash, at least long-term. In the short term, to just give you that kick, Okay. But after that, if you're not dedicated, if you're not disciplined, if you're not accountable, that that motivation is going to go out the window and no changes are going to happen. That, that reminds me of a, of a quote by Zig Ziglar. Uh, he says, motivation isn't, perm isn't permanent, but neither is bathing, which <laughs> is, is a good way to put that. Uh, so as you are working on the habits and, and, and formulating the habits that are in line with your, with your clients' values and then backing those up with a why, do you ever have clients that get burnt out? And if so, what is the, what is the kind of protocol for somebody who's burnt out in order to get back on track? Because, of course, inevitably, that's, that's the goal that they should have, despite them not necessarily feeling that at the moment. Oh, yes, definitely. And I would say take that step back reassess, see where you may be giving too much. Are you giving too much in this new journey? Or are you not really prioritizing it and you're trying to, again, put everything on your plate? And something that I like to say to people when they are on this journey and they do fall off, so to speak, if you have four tires on your car and one of them gets punctured, you're not going to go and puncture the other three. You're going to replace the one that is flat. So it's the same thing. We're not going to go eat a bag of cookies just because we had a bad day. We had a couple of cookies and now we're thinking, oh, that's it. It's over. I have to start over. It's it's never starting over. There's, and just for simplicity's sake, there's seven days in a week. If you've worked out for five and day six, you had a trash eating day or whatever else, you're not going back to day one on that next day. So yeah, day six was bad. So now this is your new day six. And obviously, you know, there's only but so many bad days before it's like, okay, are you really committing to yourself? But if you look at it like that, it can really help change that perspective. Right. And, and, you know, perspective, changing perspective is, is kind of the next point anyways. Um, changing the perspective of, of these women is a, is a powerful goal. And, 
you know, perhaps can you delve into how empowerment and self-care can impact not only the individual, but also contribute to the broader shifts of societal perceptions? Yes. So everyone has a perception of how someone else is supposed to be. And we take that within us. You look at social media and you see these fitness models, male and female, and it's like, okay, if you don't have this aesthetic, there's something wrong. Or if you're not super mom and doing it all, there's something wrong. Or if you're a nurse and you're not working a hundred hours a week, there's something wrong. And it's like, no, we can shift that perspective, but it starts with what we believe about ourselves. And if we believe we need to look like that person, that image is burned into our minds and it makes it so much more difficult to get to that healthy place in your own life. And you're always working towards somebody else's goal, not really your own. You're just following what other people think you should be and how you should look and what you should be doing with your life versus what's in your own best interest. And once you can change that view from within, excuse me, allergies. Once you can change that view from within, that's when other people will start seeing the change. And that's when they'll start seeing you differently. And that's when, okay, I feel good. I don't need to look or be what my mom or my ex-boyfriend or my husband thinks I need to look like. I can just be me and I can radiate my own joy and just continue to grow and escalate and find my worth within myself. Yeah, you know, it sounds like I'd imagine and I think maybe we can all relate. It's easy if you're doing um, these things to make yourself better because you're trying to look like the things that society says you should like or you're, you should have. And I think very quickly that will fizzle out because you're doing it for the wrong reason. So when you're authentically doing it and, and you're having your actual values lining up with those goals, that's where that long-term and longevity comes from because you're doing it for yourself and you're doing it because you had that mindset shift rather than I want to do this to look like X, Y, or Z, which doesn't last. And so again, if there's, you know, being authentic to yourself and, and what is actually important to you is definitely, I think as we're talking, seems to be something that can help you with the longevity or, or help people to make that long-term kind of change. Yes, definitely. And that's one of the things that we work on in the beginning also, because we sign an accountability contract with one another. So my client it says they are going to be accountable to themselves because first and foremost, this is for them, but they're going to be accountable to me as well because they know I'm here. I'm, I'm their biggest cheerleader. I am speaking light into each and every woman that I work with because 
And it's a little selfish, but it brings me joy. It brings me joy to see them succeed. And they're not meant to work with me forever. Like I said, I want to give them the tools and teach them the tools that they need so that they don't need me in a year, two years, three years. Like, let's, let's, let's use this relationship to get the most that we can so that they can have the most growth that they can and really elevate their status. Mm. Once a client of yours kind of graduates out of your program or being, being with you on, on a continual basis, do you have uh, touch-in or check-in type of, of, of calls or, or, or with them just to, just to check in to see if they're still on track and then you know perhaps reassess what they need at those given times and then per- even perhaps come back to you as a client, not necessarily as a beginner, but more as, a, as an advanced person to further them along where they are. Yeah, I actually become quite close with a lot of the women that I end up working with. So I am constantly checking in with them, saying, hey, how are you? Uh, Do you need any support? And sometimes they'll come back on for maybe a couple of sessions. I'm thinking of doing a graduate quote-unquote program But at this stage, I just really want them to be able to thrive and succeed without needing that same, like you said, beginner support. And so they, we have our check-ins, we're, we're seeing one another, we're talking and we're just making sure that they are supported. They'll come on my Facebook and they'll get their motivation that way. I know I said I hate that word, <laughs> but you know, every so often, like I said, we we need the initial kick. And then after that, it's all about the dedication and and persistence and promise to yourself. You have you have quite the the background. You know, you have you're a registered nurse, you're involved in, in spirituality and fitness, and so that, I'm sure, provides a holistic perspective. How do these diverse aspects come together within your coaching philosophy? The thing is, so often science and medicine versus spirituality, it's, it's a huge fight for no reason. They really can balance one another out if you allow them because they complement each other. So yes, we sometimes we need that medicine for that elevated blood pressure, but let's not just depend on that. What else can we do? We can take meditation and that can be something that can calm the soul, calm the spirit, and inevitably can calm the blood pressure and it helps to bring that level down. It's not just that it has to be one or the other. Let's let's collaborate with our different modalities. So yes, I have my my science base where okay, I understand a beta blocker and what it's for for the blood pressure, how it brings it down, but also Sometimes you just need that moment 
for self and journaling, getting things out of your mind, because especially in Western society, we have a lot of things going around in the world, all around us, in our heads, and we don't know how to be present in our bodies often enough. And that's one of the main focuses, being present in your body, because that's when you can really align your health in every aspect, because we're not thinking about that Instagram model. We're not thinking about, oh, how I was when I was 20 years younger, wanting to look like that again, because usually we're not going to get that same image. For some people, yes, it happens. But for most people, it doesn't. But if we can be present right here, right now, and focus on the task at hand, our health in all aspects really starts to align. What would be a a, a practical tip that you could give us that would allow us to bring that present focus into action? Breathing, breathing exercises, because we get so lost. And even when we're trying to clear our heads, our minds still kind of go out of the loop. So I personally like box breathing, where it's four counts of inhaling, four counts holding, four counts exhaling, and four counts holding again, and then you repeat. Because then, even if your mind is trying to go somewhere else, because you're also counting the breath and counting the hold, it's like you you have to be in yourself, in your body, present in that moment, because you're, you're bringing everything together. The breath is the physical. The counting is the mental. The calm is the spiritual. And that's how you can, okay, I'm here, I'm here, and just be within yourself. I'm sure there are some key moments that, you know, perhaps would indicate a time that somebody would need to have that present focus and to to go through that breathing exercise. What would be perhaps a catalyst that would say, okay, yep, I need to... I need to be in the moment now and then to go through that breathing exercise. Oh, anxiety, 1,000%. How, how many times do we have a moment where we have a big presentation at work and it's like, oh my God, I'm, I'm thinking about how I could fail at this or what can go wrong or my kid has spilled cereal all over the floor and i I have to get out of the house because I'm trying to get to the gym. Just take that moment. And once you're able to kind of have that woosah, it's like, is it really that serious? Is it really the end of the world? Are you really that much out of your element that you can't come back and... Accept that life happens, even if you do bomb the presentation, even if you are late for work or late for the gym. 
it's going to be okay. We're not making it out of this world alive, no matter what. So it's okay to just take a moment. That's just one flat tire on your car. You know, no, re- no reason to uh, bust the rest of them, huh? Exactly. We all face obstacles and setbacks on our path to growth. Can you share a story of a client who is, uh, that you've worked with who has faced significant challenges but managed to overcome them through your coaching? Oh, yes. So I have this one client who we were really struggling. So remember, we were talking about that three months. It was probably two months in before something finally clicked because she was so focused on blaming everyone else for her downfalls of why she could not focus on her health and her vitality. Oh, my boss, my boss put another project on my plate and her, I remember her vital signs were crazy. Um, She had a very high blood pressure, 150s over 90s, and it should be about 120 over 80. Her heart rate was in the low 100s. It should be between 60 and 100. And she just could not sit still for a minute. And we just kept on working together to say, okay, what what can we do in this moment? How can we take back your power? Because that's what happens when you're blaming everybody else. You're giving away your power to situations and other people. And we would just redirect. What could you do here? Can you control it? If you can't control it, what can you do to control your emotions? What can you do to work on yourself and take the accountability that you promised to both of us when we started working together. And I don't know what her, (laughs) excuse me, magic moment was exactly, but at some point, something clicked. And that's when she started to see the results. I remember she went back to her doctor for another visit And the first time she had 130 over like 86, I think it was like she hadn't seen that number in so long because she could never find the peace and the calm within herself. She was always so stressed that everything was a catastrophe. And then it just settled. And then she started seeing changes. She started seeing changes in her body. She started noticing that she needed to buy smaller clothes. And I just remember she was so excited to be able to go shopping. And the shift that she had, it, it was it's just mind-boggling for me because, like I said, we had worked on it for so long from taking back your power and not putting that blame in everyone else and just accepting what you could do and your reactions. Okay. Yeah. So really the mindset 
is is the key thing is 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 what I'm is what I'm gathering is the mindset's the key thing because that mindset shift or 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 change or or however you want to word that really is the the catalyst for creating that change and then once that change is seen that oh I did this and now this happened they just continue to do that cycle to have that positive feedback loop yes exactly and it perfectly how you put it with the mindset shift because that's what we're doing we're we're shifting because we don't want to just say, okay, change your mindset because, okay, well, what are we changing it to? I could say, oh, I don't like my curly hair. And then I could say, all right, don't say that anymore. All right. Uh, my curly hair looks crazy. Or you can find somewhere where you want to shift it and put it where you want to have that mindset. So that's something that I find pretty important as well. Knowing the direction that you're going, making a decision, being intentional with it. And I can only imagine that the seeing the growth within your clients that you're working with is, again, that positive feedback loop for yourself to maintain on that path and then to help others so, sort of selfishly, I can only imagine for, for for the way that that makes you feel through seeing the the change and the betterment that they get to experience. Definitely, one thousand percent. And you use the right word because, like I said, it is a little bit selfish because I enjoy an endorphin boost by watching them thrive and seeing them light up because it's more than just, again, the physical change. When the mind changes, other people start noticing. Just like with me, people started to notice something was different about me. People are noticing that there's things different about them. Their whole aura is brighter. It's stronger. They're happier. And even before they see any physical changes, even before the numbers start to come down, it's like, I feel good. Like, how do I feel so good? And nothing visibly has changed. It's because you've changed. You've changed as a person. You've shifted who you are to who you want to be, not to who, again, society and everyone else in your life thinks you should be, or even who you yourself thought you were supposed to be. I'm sure you've had clients that have struggled on this journey, and, and maybe it's because they had a sense of self-doubt or you know whatever it may have been. What do you do in those times where it seems like the things, the, the message that you're sending them is not is not being received, or perhaps even it's being received but then manipulated in their brain to be something else that is that it's not. Oh yeah, that definitely happens because people usually will start off strong and then things die down a little bit, especially with the lack of quote unquote motivation. So again, we're always reassessing, always meeting people where they are. 
it's like when you have somebody who is a smoker and you want to help them quit smoking, if they're living in unsafe conditions, smoking is not their top priority. So we work from the bottom up. So we work from, okay, what is this core issue blocking you from really making the progress that you're looking to make? And then we work from there. So for some people, if you have an eating, uh, a binge eating disorder, let's work, let's work on it and see where, where this stems from and how we can core correct that so that you can help move yourself forward. So we, we work to get to the core of the issue and as always meet the client where they are, not where I expect them to be. I can only imagine trying to, to, to find the root cause of whatever the core issue might be can be a tough experience and, and perhaps even a lightning experience on the other end for for those individuals. For one, trying to find out what that is, but when they do, that kind of light bulb or that 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 you know that goes off for them or the light that gets shined on some area of their life that they hid back in the dark corner because they don't want to look at. But little do they know that that thing was influencing and affecting so many different variations or, or areas of their life. Um, you know, finding that root cause is, you know, so of course, essential to creating that change uh, to move forward. Oh, yes, definitely. I can think of one client that I worked with who we would have never just automatically thought it was because she was the third daughter in a row and her dad wanted a boy and she always felt less than. So it was like she has all these other things going on. And then when we went back, we did our assessment, we did our digging. And then it was like, well, I was never wanted. So it was kind of like you hide between the behind the weight. And I know that sounds strange, maybe, because obviously, if you're eating more and you're gaining girth, for lack of a better term, you're like, you're, you're more visual, you're more seen. But it's kind of like she was hiding behind that excess weight, who she was, because she never felt good enough because she wasn't a boy. And that's what she believed her father wanted. And once we were able to address that and dig into her own self-worth and finding where she could climb out of that per se, she was able to start shedding and she shedded the the mask first. And then that's when the weight started to shed as well. That that story kind of reminds me, I don't know if you heard of, of John Deloney. Uh, he wrote a book. John Deloney is is author of Own Your Past, Change Your Future. And in that, he talks about as you go through life, if you kind of 
bear with me with the with the analogy, but it's like you put it, you have a backpack on. Every time somebody tells you a story, you put a brick in your backpack and this other story and you put a brick in your backpack and you know, you do that for years and years and now you're you're an adult or a young adult and you're carrying around all this weight from all these stories that you have been fed to and, and believe you're carrying them around for this whole time and, and really okay, take them start taking them out and if you can go through that without a connection or a, a, a want to hold on to those stories, you put, take them out of your backpack and set them to the side, and then you can move past those stories that somebody told you when you were young or, or you know anywhere stretch along the way, and maybe it was just a, a passing thing, but you held on to that. And, and then not only did you hold on to that, but you did your best, maybe positively or, or negatively, but you did your best to live up to that sort of expectation or that low expectation and you put that brick in your bag and that's a you know that's a story that you continually to to that you continually tell yourself you know maybe it's time sometimes to to look in that backpack and see what bricks we've been carrying around and is it time to you know dump all of them and reset and move on I absolutely love that and yes I think I might have to steal it <laughs> and <laughs> and use it with some of my clients because that is so, so true. And again, that goes along with the way that we are perceived by society and, and the people in our lives. Like, oh, we're okay. We're, we've been told this. Let's hold on to this. And no, let's let's start removing those. Let's remove those bricks so that we can lighten our load. And that's when we can really start shifting because again that's where the mindset is and once you're able to let that go in the mental everything else really does follow along and i know it sounds a little woo woo but we achieve what our minds believe if you believe you can you can if you believe you can't then you can't and and that'll manifest, that'll show itself in your results or lack thereof. Right. And, and you know, every time I hear a story like that, I think of, of the, the mile and nobody thought that anybody could break the four minute mile. It just couldn't be done. And then one guy did it. And I, unfortunately, I can't, I can't know, I don't know the guy's name. One guy did, and now everybody can do it. It just one took one person to be able to step forward and do that thing that everybody else thought was impossible, despite the the truths that they start to believe that it's possible and not possible, it can be done. And then once one person did it, so many other people can do it right away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I know exactly who you're talking about. I also do not know <laughs> his name. I know it's a long name, but yes, that is... Uh, another perfect example, a perfect analogy, because we we think we can't because we don't see maybe the people in our lives making these changes. And again, it goes back to that first client that I was talking about with her daughter. Her daughter was is watching her. And if her daughter sees that mommy can do it, then she's likely to grow up with better habits with doing these things from a younger age and not having to core correct, at least in that respect. For listeners who might be struggling to prioritize their, their well-being 
what advice would you give to offer them, uh, you know, a few steps toward forward towards a, a positive change? Well, first and foremost, like we talked about early on, small steps. Don't try to overhaul. Don't try to make it that all or nothing mentality and just start. We get so caught up in it has to be perfect. It has to be a Monday. It has to be first of the month. It has to be the first of the year. Just start today. Move your body. Drink your water. Hydrate. Switch something out. You normally drink four Diet Cokes a day. Cut one of them out for water. That was something that I myself had done. I didn't drink soda, but with juice. I was a big orange juice girl, and I never drank water. And so it kind of happened by accident almost. I was like, all right, I really need to start drinking water. So I was like, all right. I have to drink this amount of water before I can have juice. And then it became where I didn't even need the juice because I was so used to the water. So that one small change, I didn't have to say, okay, I'm never drinking juice ever again. It's all or nothing. Like, no, just, just shift, small shifts, start small, but start. And of course, you you talked early on about about habit stacking, and really habit stacking is taking some things that you're already doing and just inserting and and, and maybe piling on isn't necessarily the right word, but to put another one in line with what you're already doing. And so that sounds like a, a good example of what you're doing, where you took that that juice and you switched it out. Okay, I'm gonna have to have water first, then I can have my juice. And that is such a habit stacking, I think is such a powerful way that we can implement a wide variety of different things into our lives because, you know, we get up and we have, you know, everybody has some sort of morning routine that is almost exactly the same nine days out of 10 or a hundred days, uh, 99 days out of a hundred. And if you could just add one thing in that routine, of course, yes, it would be challenging to do in the first initial steps, but the benefit that that would cause in the back end, I think it's it's James Clear who said if you can get 1% better every day, you're not you're by the end of the year you're not just 1%, you're like 200 and you know some odd percent better just by making those 1% incremental changes every day. And of course it's tough to add 1% of something to our lives every single day, but one step forward is is so much better than staying still than not moving at all. Yeah, no, definitely. And when you're listening to your favorite podcast, The Prestigious <laughs> Initiative, take a walk or you know you're going to have dinner. The best time to actually walk is after eating because it aids in digestion. You don't have to do it for an hour. Ten minutes. Walk around the block. Something simple, something easy. If you're going to watch TV, and I know we hear this one all the time, go ahead and do some squats in between commercials. But now we have Netflix, <laughs> no commercials. So you do it while you're watching. You, If you have a treadmill in the house, because a lot of people actually do, but they're more like clothes hangers <laughs> instead of, you know, walking machines. So 
put your phone on and and just start walking, start moving. I I I've heard this a, a, a number of times, and I don't I don't necessarily know if it's true or even if you could tell us the answer, but I I. I I've, we're told that walking burns more fat calories than running, and, and you, you know talked about walking versus versus running a little bit earlier. Um, is 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 there any truth in that? Okay, so it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't actually, but it's easier on the joints. You can do it for a longer period of time. You can do it more times throughout your day. So in that way, you're going to get that higher calorie burn. And also when we are running, obviously we're exerting so much more energy that we may not have that same amount of energy to put movement into the rest of our day. So if taking a walk is what does the trick for you, then do that. Just, Just continue to move. Don't Say, okay, I did it. I did my 10-minute walk after dinner. I am good. That's it. It's over. Just just find ways to to move. Even playing with your kids, run around or um get I, I just recently started with my best friend a kickboxing class. So find different things. There's so many different things. And there's so many free resources on YouTube. You can put on a video. I know on my Facebook, I've had um, certain groups where I'm posting, now I'm posting like physical exercises for people to do. And I try to keep it simple, but effective. And, And focusing on form because that is also so important. We don't want any injuries, please. So form first. Don't try to, you know, be Superman or Superwoman. Just just do what your body needs and what feels good for it. We talk about intuitive eating. I'm an intuitive exerciser. So whatever I feel to do today that's what I'm going to do. If I want to go for a run, I'm going to go for a run. If I want to go kickboxing, I'm going to do that. If I just want to take a walk, I will just take a walk and not beat myself up about it. You talked about, you know, everybody finding their kind of niche of of the type of workout that they do. And of course, free resources, YouTube is full of different exercises, uh, classes and, and, and videos um, I, my wife, uh, she's she's also a nurse, nurse practitioner now. Uh, she she loves the uh, the grow with Joe. I think is the the one that she does, and and she, that works for her. But there's so many different different people that are like that. They have wild and, and various different exercises on on YouTube, and that's not necessarily a a place that people would first think to go to to find that type of, of, of content there, but there's so much of it on there. And, and of course it's free right there for you. Yes, yes, exactly. And I, I know grow with Joe, a lot of people like her, especially starting out because she's fun. She's active. She's energetic. She has a great personality, at least a stage personality. I don't know her in person. <laughs> um, but yeah, and just find somebody you vibe with somebody that you like and just 
go with it. Even if you repeat the exercise or write something down and just just do it. Make it your own. Yeah. Well, Louisa, your insights have been truly enlightening. Your dedication to empowering women is commendable. Thank you for joining us today on the Prestidus Initiative and sharing your wisdom. Do you have any closing thoughts or final remarks for our listeners? Yes. Be accountable and keep your power for yourself. When you are accountable, you really do elevate yourself so much more. You keep the promises to yourself. And if if you can't keep a promise to yourself, how can you expect anyone else to keep a promise to you? So go ahead, put your health first because you deserve it. You deserve to be in the driver's seat of your life. And I know I went on a few tangents there, but but truly just knowing that you matter. And if our listeners wanted to get in contact with you, how could they how could they do that? Sure. You can find me on my website, LuisaValentine.coach, or on most of my social media platforms, coaching with Louisa or Louisa Valentine. Um, both usually you'll find me on either one. Well, thank you. Uh, it has been very, very helpful to have you on. Learned a lot. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. I I truly appreciate you, Kent and Bean. (laughs) That concludes another episode of the Proceedus Initiative. If you found today's conversation as inspiring as I did, be sure to follow us on your favorite platform and never miss an episode. Remember, empowerment and self-care are vital to the journey of becoming the best version of ourselves. Until next time, stay motivated and keep striving for greatness.